Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. My name is Joel Silverberg. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast, whether you are doing so on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this show and a busy Monday taking a couple of weeks off of the podcast as the off season has kind of settled in, but player signings are happening and now we've got schedules and games to talk about. And there's been a bit of a mix up in the coaching landscape in the league this year. Another major coaching change is coming in the SPHL and it's been quite the off season already. Knoxville is making moves as far as player personnel is concerned as well. And so much to get to in a little bit of time here on this edition of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. So to start things off, schedules are out as they were finalized during the SPHL league meetings last week and then or earlier in June, I should say. And then schedules were finalized. Teams were permitted to release their game schedules on Monday. And for Knoxville, it's... For the most part, I think in a lot of ways, it's pretty similar to what you're used to. A bit of a light load for the first couple of weeks, and then things start to pick up in November and December. Um, Knoxville does not have that usual long road swing in December that it has typically had over the course of the season. Knoxville's really longest road stretch will actually come very early in the season in November. So Knoxville will spend the majority of the first three or four weekends of the year on the road. But as far as a five or six game road swing doesn't really happen except in that first part of November when Knoxville will play a home and home against Fayetteville to open up the month. Then the Ice Bears head to Huntsville on November 9th and then we'll actually head down to Pensacola right after that. So it kind of breaks up the drive time for those Huntsville and Pensacola games, but still a tough swing to go to Huntsville and then have to continue south to Pensacola and then the Ice Bears play at Fayetteville the following Wednesday so that's five consecutive road games and from that point in time Knoxville through its first 10 games will only play twice at home so very heavy in the road portion early on and then Knoxville gets to enjoy a a couple of nice homesteads in February they'll they'll play a stretch of about six out of nine games at home in March, they'll play the majority of those games at home. In December, they will actually play six consecutive games at home in a span of about 15 days. So seeing things mixed up a little bit, obviously 28 home games, 28 road games, as we've all grown to be accustomed to a couple of the last three seasons, notwithstanding. But Knoxville has a a lot of the similar makeups of its schedule that you're typically used to seeing Knoxville will play eight games against Macon nine games against Fayetteville 11 games against Roanoke so those are the 
three heaviest opponents that Knoxville will see throughout the course of the year. Uh, per usual, four games against Pensacola, four games against Quad City, only three games against Peoria, and that is the only team that Knoxville will not travel to. Knoxville will host and visit every other team in the league except Peoria. The Rivermen will visit Knoxville in late November, right before Thanksgiving, and then Peoria will come back to Knoxville at the end of January for a two-game weekend, but the Ice Bears will not go to Peoria during the course of the 2023 24 schedule Knoxville will head to quad city once for a two game weekend quad city will actually play Knoxville twice on back-to-back weekends for a couple of one-offs. So the ice bears will host Roanoke on December 15th. They'll host quad city on the 16th. And then the following weekend Knoxville gets Birmingham at home on the 22nd and quad city the following night. So quad city will be coming to Knoxville in back-to-back weekends and trying to uh, kind of mix up the opponents on some of these weekends. The Ice Bears start the season on the road at Macon for a two-game weekend on October 20th and the 21st. So the regular season will begin on October 20th. Knoxville's home opener will be Friday, October 27th against Birmingham. That will be the front end of a home-and-home series. So a bit of a tough start for Knoxville when you look at the month of October. Two games at Macon, a team that started to find some success against Knoxville and a team that really just started to find its own groove and was playing well against everybody, not just the Ice Bears. So it was a Macon squad that started to really connect with its core group of guys. And depending on who Nick Niederd is able to bring back and add to the equation, could be a team that I think a lot of people are expecting now to legitimately contend for a playoff spot and and take a big jump forward. So, um, and, and especially with, what that big coaching news is, Rod Aldoff is retiring from Pensacola. So nine seasons as the head coach of the Ice Flyers, won three championships, had an incredibly successful career, and now he is uh, calling it a career. Um, you know, three championships, his most recent coming back in 2021, back-to-back first-round losses the last two years. So after winning that championship in 2021, uh, two years ago when Knoxville was the number one seed, Pensacola was the six seed, had a really competitive series against Peoria, the three seed before falling in three games. And then this past season, they were the ones or they were the eight seed and were swept in the first round by Peoria. So um, kind of seeing a, a bit of a decline there over the previous few seasons, but you know, Peoria still with, with talent of guys that they, or Pensacola, excuse me, talent with guys that they protected but it is another big shakeup after Glenn DeTulio um, retired from coaching from Huntsville. So a couple of major coaching moves being made this offseason. And I'm very curious to see where that coaching search directs Pensacola. Um, and, you know, we've seen teams undergo coaching changes and still continue to have success. But it, it, it does become interesting. You know, Quad City, obviously, the way that their season ended last year, trying to get things back in order to progress back into the top eight this year. So it, it really goes back to that point of Macon seems to be trending in the right direction and maybe a couple of question marks about Quad City and Pensacola. Obviously, there's only so much that you can tell because you don't know about all the details of who guys are signing, what protected players are planning on coming back, which guys are going to look for other opportunities elsewhere. So it, it always it kind of lays out a, a lot of different things, but it, it really doesn't feel like we're going to be 
getting into a situation uh, like what we've had the previous couple of seasons where there's one or two teams that just fall significantly behind the rest of the pack. And that was kind of the case with Vermilion County. And and now you don't necessarily know what that's going to look like this year. Evansville's coming off their best season. Fayetteville started playing really well towards the end of the year. Roanoke is coming off a championship. Birmingham is coming off a fantastic season. Peoria, another regular season title. And Knoxville, 32 wins with a first-year head coach and was the highest-scoring team in the league. Huntsville, yeah, they've got a coaching change, but still have some really talented players coming back. I, I, it, So you don't really see a whole lot of guaranteed wins across your 56-game schedule. Now, as the season progresses, there are going to be some teams that are playing poor hockey at certain stretches of the year, and so you're going to have those weeks where you get those easy wins because you're playing against a team that's not playing well, and then every team, of course, goes on a heater. So there are going to be weeks, uh, sometimes months, where you feel like the wins are coming a little bit easier, and there are going to be other stretches where you feel like they're uh, coming so difficult that you couldn't buy a win. So it's, you know, but just looking at it at a glance, it feels like there is going to be much more parity in the league from a top to bottom standpoint than maybe what we've seen in the last couple of seasons. And last year, there was still a lot of parity when you look at the top several teams in the league. The four seed ended up winning it. The top four seeds ended up playing two incredibly competitive semifinal series. And, you know, the number one seed lost in the semifinals. The number two seed had to pulled off the number three seed in a, a really competitive semifinal series. The number seven seed almost knocked out the number two seed in the first round. So I, I think, and obviously that's playoff hockey, but I, I think that's also a testament to you know what I've mentioned before on this podcast. 32 wins by the sixth seed for Knoxville last year. They were one win away from being the four seed. There were two wins away from being the three. There's normally not that close of a gap between that many teams in the middle of the pack, usually you can start to pick out the playoff seeds with sometimes a week or two to go in the season. That was not the case. There was still a ton of shuffling that could have been done in those last two weekends. And it, you know, Knoxville had a two nothing lead against Roanoke in the season finale. And if the ice bears hold on and win that game, Roanoke is not playing Evansville and Knoxville's not playing Huntsville. Knoxville would have actually been hosting Roanoke. Evansville would have had to go to Huntsville in the 6-3 matchup, and, you know, even if Huntsville and Roanoke still win their respective series, yeah, you know, ultimately the, the semifinals then are seeded the, in the same fashion, but you just never know what can happen if a matchup looks a little bit different than what we ended up seeing. So I, I think it's always a very curious topic to see how those things can play out, but this year, just at a glance so far during the offseason, you know, and obviously teams, we, we still have to figure out their identities as we get closer to October, but certainly seems like it could be a very optimistic year for a lot of franchises going in to this coming October. So w- with that, Knoxville also had a player signing and the Ice Bears kind of looking to build off the success that they had last year. And Brent Clark has made actually a pretty sizable handful of signings already, but wanting to get the first announcement out on Monday, and we'll have more in the coming weeks. And then obviously um, with the some of the changes in the league this year. So in the past, typically during the offseason, you could sign players to PTOs, 
and have up to 30 guys signed for training camp. That is not the case anymore. Instead, you're limited to 23 signings, and it's all SPCs. So you'll have your free agent showcases, you'll have training camp, but it kind of limits the amount of guys that you can sign during the offseason, which obviously for several coaches, it's going to want to slow down the pace to figure out what guys are coming out of college, which guys are going to be available, um, which guys are willing to come over from Europe, who is going to have their ECHL rights released. Do they want to come back to the SPHL? Are there players in the federal league that want to come up? So there are a lot of different factors that go into the signing process this year. So for some teams, they'll handle business as usual, especially if they have a lot of returning players coming back. For other teams, they may want to slow down the process a little bit while they ex- while they explore all their options because you only have 23 spots that you can award. And so the first signing that was announced by Knoxville on Monday was forward Tyler Rolo. So listed as a center, spent some time in the OHL during his junior career with Peterborough and London, and saw some significant time in the OHL, 121 games, scored 50 points. Uh, We've seen some productive players play for Knoxville coming out of the OHL and then ultimately went on to play collegiately at Brock University where he he was there for five years. Obviously, the 2020-21 season was canceled because of COVID and spent five years there. And so uh, an older player that has a lot of experience, a lot of games under his belt through his junior and college career. So somebody that I think is going to be able to help Knoxville in a big way. Head coach Brent Clark had this to say about Tyler. He said, we're happy to have more depth in the faceoff circle with this acquisition. He comes off a good OHL career, finished with the London Knights during their playoff run. He has a pedigree that we are looking for. And I think this is something that Brent Clark likes to look for. He likes to find players that have played high levels of hockey and have done so consistently. He, he likes finding guys that have a little bit of OHL, ECHL experience, Division One players that have seen a lot of time because I, I think when you see players that have played at these higher levels, I think you see, obviously you see higher tempos at those leagues. And that, that's something that Dino Balsamos talked about during you know his call-up that he had two seasons ago with Atlanta. You know, he was there for about three games, and, and when he came back, I asked him, what was, the, what was the biggest thing that stood out to you about your experience in the ECHL? And he said, it's really important to learn how to play with speed. And after he came back, Dino ended up being really, really productive, and that's when his scoring really started to take off was after he came back from that call-up that December. And then this past season, he had an ECHL tryout at the beginning of the season, didn't work out, came back to Knoxville, ended up being an all-SPHL selection, had a really good season, was second in the league in goals. And so I, I think some of these guys take that experience and they're able to really apply it to what they do on the ice in the SPHL. And so maybe that game is slowing down for them a little bit. And so you see that experience, it's really panned out. Um, it's, it's something that Brent Clark really liked about Rourke Russell when he acquired him from Macon last year was his Division One experience. He obviously don't want to make a a too much assessment based off where a player has played before, but Rourke Russell comes in as a rookie and is an all SPHL selection and was one of the highest scoring defensemen in the SPHL in his first pro year. So I I think it's obviously notable to see some of these guys that have played major junior collegiate hockey 
and, and I've had a ton of experience doing it. And, and so obviously guys that have played a lot of games, Tyler's 25, that obviously shows that he's played a lot of hockey. And again, that's common in this league to see 24, 25 year old rookies. We've seen some 21, 22 year olds uh, come in after, you know, their junior career and, and play. We, we've seen guys that have come to Knoxville after no collegiate career, a shortened collegiate career, a full collegiate career. It's just, you know, the backgrounds in the SPHL are very different because you see so many of them. But this is the first announced signing of the offseason, and it comes in the form of a rookie forward, Tyler Rollo, who I'm pretty sure is very excited to get things going. And, uh, you know, we're trying to reach out to Tyler, actually, to kind of get some comments from him and uh, kind of give him an opportunity to say to the fans, hey, this is why I'm excited to come to Tennessee. So uh, looking forward to meeting Tyler when he gets down here later on this fall. Uh, but that's the first announced signing for the Knoxville Ice Bears so far this offseason. I really appreciate you checking out this edition of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Again, like and subscribe or follow however you absorb your podcast material. Please make sure to support the podcast with a five-star rating or review. Make sure to follow, subscribe, tell another hockey fan you know about the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have more throughout the offseason right here on the KIB podcast.